Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello, hello there, my red women. It is Elaine Kalila and I'm back with another episode of the Red Podcast. Intimate, juicy, a tad bit naughty, and even and even and even even a little bit wild conversations with women who are leading, leading on the edge of their revolutionary evolutionary spirits. And today I am so honored and delighted that I've got a sister of my heart here who is Lainey Love Dolby. Hi, Lainey. Hi, so thrilled to be here with you. Yeah. So I have known Lainey, who is an incredible alchemical revolutionary artist and Magdalene sister of the heart. I don't know how long have we known each other? A cup? I don't know, like five years? I don't know how long it's even been now. It's a few years, right? 2017, I think. Thank you. Then five years is almost accurate. And Lainey and I met and have traveled and pilgrimaged to various different places on the planet, including France and including Glastonbury and Egypt. And we have had many quite wild experiences with each other. I'm actually just right now recalling um, the Sekhmet temple in, in Egypt for some reason that's come right up. And I'm sure probably because she wants to be presenced. So I'm just going to name that. And the reason, one of the reasons, well, there's many reasons that I've invited Lainey to come on and speak to us today is the primary one has been because I so respect and love the work that you're doing in the world around embodying and shamelessly sparkling yourself out there into the world and being someone who flies their freak flag high so that you can be a bastion of that for others to step into the truth and essence of their delightful eccentricity. You know, I'm a lover of all things eccentric. I have always been this way. I have collected people in my life who are eccentric. I consider myself to be eccentric. It's one of the great British traits that I carry with myself. And truly, I actually know this to be true, that after, I don't know however many years it was, 15 or 20 years of being a therapist before I stepped out into the priestess world and into more of a leadership role, one thing I can assure you of having been one who people came to confide in is there is not one single person on this planet who is not weird. <laughs> 
I promise you that is true. Even the ones that appear to be really normal on the outside, we all have these eccentric, weird, interesting, what I would say, beautiful proclivities that we have within us. And part of my work in the world is to be one who stands and really um, embodies that in my own life, the fullness of who I am in service to others doing the same. And one of the things I love about you, Lainey, is I see you as one who's doing that too. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Mm, Thank you so much. So deeply grateful to be here and really not surprised to hear that Sekhmet came up so clearly because she was already stirring in my consciousness this morning as well, since she is a bigger part of my journey and my journey in owning my full queerness as well. I'm sure we'll get into that. (laughs) Well, I I love it. And I just want to really, for a moment, just honor and bow to uh, Mother Sekhmet, who is the lion-headed goddess of the Egyptian pantheon, who is this incredible, powerful, sexual, erotic, alive, embodied feminine goddess who is that raw power. She's a primal goddess. She's a goddess of destruction and creation. And um, I feel like we're we're really standing in a a reimagining, a re um, re-landscaping, a revolutionary landscaping of what it is to be a human being you know, of how we identify ourselves, how we speak about ourselves in terms of gender and biology, in terms of what labels or what what words we would use to describe the incredible myriad of expressions of humanity that each one of us is. And so we're here to talk about that because we are in Pride Month. And one of the things I'm dedicated to this year in Pride Month is elevating the conversation about our differences and about our diversity and about all the ways in which we can express who we are. So, Lainey, I know that you identify yourself as being queer. And I love this word queer, and it's been something I've been exploring for a few years myself. And so I'd love to begin asking you by what you even mean when you say the word queer and what some about your journey to stepping into what you call your full queerness. So why don't we begin there? Mm. Juicy, juicy. (laughs) Very juicy place to begin, yes. So for me, you know, a big part of my journey was really daring to live into the fullness of my being. And that's sort of been my greatest wound. And, you know, I, and in that, I also unearthed this great sparkling gem. And it's like, it's largely because I grew up as this obese, wild, creative, queer outcast. I was sort of always one that was, um, you know, walking on the edges. I've always been an edge walker and I've always, you know, really um, didn't fully identify with the status quo. I didn't identify with heteronormativity. I didn't identify with these uh, more normative ways of being. And I was always considered something other than that. And in that process, I had my spirit basically relentlessly squashed through violence and bullying from the world around me, from the dieting industry, my own family. You know, there was this level of which people weren't able to really handle my big wild energy, my free creative spirit, my rainbow holographic light that I've always had, you know, and my 
playful nature and this, and this shameless sparkle that's really always been there. And they tried to dampen it. And, you know, I eventually internalized that violence and I turned it against myself. And it was a really long process of gaining and losing over 1300 pounds through yo-yo dieting, disordered eating. And I really shut down my free spirit and I went into autopilot. And so it was largely my journey, my spiritual journey, where I started to return and I started to come home and I started to remember my truth and my heart cracked back open. Mm. And, you know, this was well over a decade now ago. And I, you know, really went on a deep, deep alchemical transformational healing journey to be able to fully own who I am in the truth of that and unashamed, unabashed. And, you know, part of what I stand for now is helping people to really step into their wild and unapologetic aliveness. And so for me, that's what the journey has been about is coming into that. And, you know, in that sense, for me, queer is, it's somewhat provocative. It's radical. (laughs) It's alternative. It is, you know, it's against the grain in a way that is, you know, it's mm, the best way I can describe it for me personally is that it's a word that enables me to feel the fullness of my expression within it. It's, it's a container that's large enough and expansive enough and juicy enough that can hold the fullness of my truth, you know, cause in truth, like if I didn't have to identify anyway, and I could just be, you know, the spirit being, that would be great. But, you know, in terms of finding other people and connecting, it is helpful to have these identity markers, you know, that we, that we move with in the world. And so being a queer femme and identifying that way, and also, you know, identifying in with the pronoun of she and they is a way that I have been able to really share more parts of myself and the truth of who I am because, you know, I've long been out as queer and, you know, I was with a, a woman, one of my like best friends from high school before I was ever with, and that time it was a girl. I was with a girl before I was ever with a boy and I was quite young. <laughs> and, and, you know, in, in this time have really been with lovers and partners over the years that fall into nine different gender expressions. And so any of these other more limited terms just didn't really mm. fit me. And, you know, and with the, with the, the piece of my own sexuality, even though I present as a queer femme to the outside world, cosmic androgen is really my true essence behind closed doors because I'm very fluid in my sexuality and my gender expression and the ways I like to dance intimately. And I really am that shapeshifter, that fire keeper, that initiator of divine love and, you know, really work with those Shakti life force energies and sacred sexual union in a myriad of different ways and sort of play in those realms of, you know, high priestess sex magic and orgasmic prayer and tapping into that primal carnal aliveness. And so for me, it was a way to be able to share more of myself that doesn't present on the outside to, to the world and also to break down the gender binary um, and to open the field for those who identify in their own technicolor rainbow way. And that just feels like a small gesture toward the world that I want to see and help co-create where every being is respected and the spark of their divinity and what I like to call their unique soul sparkle is really honored and upheld. So to me, that's really what it's about for me. It's, it just allows me to be more fully me. (laughs) Speak it sister, speak it. 
love it. I love it. I'm bowing to you. I'm so alight with everything that you've just said. And, and I, well, first and foremost, I want to bow to you and thank you for the courage that it takes to be an edge walker to be an ecstatic alchemist, to be one who is willing to um, be a pioneer, to break the bonds, to to dare to go beyond the normative ways in which we have been indoctrinated and, and contained, um, to be able to express yourself. And I really want to honor the journey you've been on personally, sweetheart, because that's the mark of any of us who are really in this position of leadership is from the feminine. For me, the the divine feminine is about the unearthing of this vulnerability and strength that comes from having done our own underworld journey, Mm. having been willing to be the phoenix, you know, to be literally burned to the ashes and risen again. And I know that's one of your symbols, phoenix energy and Sekhmet is here with her fire. So clearly we're in the realm of the fire, the fire priestesses and the fire goddesses who are the ecstatic alchemists who are here transmuting in self in service to the collective. And I know that that's at the heart of what you're, you're here doing. So thank you for that. I want to um, go in and underline and put big spotlights around something you just said about being a cosmic androgyne, about this whole idea of androgyny. And I want to do this because it, I, I feel like this is part of what's happening in the breakdown of the binary male-female dynamic that we've been in for who knows how long on this planet, right? This this polarity between masculine and feminine that's embodied in the identity of men and women. Um, and what we are seeing in our culture and what we're experiencing in our culture is that the the generations that are coming in, the younger generations, are beginning to really play with this, really mess with this, really, really ask the deeper questions and explore identity and explore sexuality and explore gender in ways that were not available to you and I when we were growing up, right? Like, this was, was, this was not, not talked about. It was not even anything that was on the screen. And so I'd love to just ask you a little bit about when you speak about being a cosmic androgyne behind closed doors, right? <laughs> what does that mean? And why do we care about this idea of androgyny? Like, what does it actually give us as human beings? Hmm. Um, so thank you for this question. I, um, I definitely feel for, for me personally, I mean, the very practical application of it is that I would refer to myself as a switch, meaning that I really like to bring through both, both the energies of the sacred masculine, as well as the sacred feminine in how I dance. And, you know, for me, cosmic, that's actually one of the cards from my sacred revolution Oracle deck is the cosmic androgen. And this card is really about being wholly balanced in our being Mm -hmm. and really being willing to intertwine and dance in a cosmic alchemical marriage with the mystical heart of the divine masculine and the divine feminine within. So it's coming into a whole integration of self and no longer being in the binary, but instead existing in this non-binary fluid fusion of all, you know, it's the anima and the animus coming together 
it's this bringing the depths of ourselves together in wholeness. And, you know, in a way it's this fluid fusion of all and being able to dance in and out of that. That is how I like to express behind closed doors, so to speak, and being able to slip, like release the binary and slip into this nothingness, this no thingness and all that is, and really simultaneously being unattached and surrendered and really opening to the nectar of divine love and union of self and potentially other and remembering that we are reflections of one another. So for me, mm. it can be, um, it's, it's this deep desire that I have to be able to express, not only and embody the fullness of my feminine energies mm -hmm. and be in those energies and surrender to that state of receiving and being in flow and that sensual energy and really just allowing myself to be sort of ravished in a sense mm. um, by the conscious masculine. Like I, I love the idea and, and the actual embodiment, which is rare of being ravished by the conscious masculine. And it doesn't need to be a male bodied person. It isn't about that. And also, you know, love to be in my masculine energies to be able to really step into the fullness of that and to be empowered to take the reins, so to speak, and to have a greater sense of control and, um, and really having that ravishing aspect, bringing forward that, ma that ravishing masculine towards another as well, and actually engaging in that and being in that dance. And, you know, to me, that's part of how I step into my carnal aliveness. I have a lot of Scorpio in my birth chart, including my Venus in my 10th house of destiny. And so, you know, interacting in a Scorpionic way for me, um, in, in that carnal, very, um, very primal way is essential. It's part of my lifeblood. It's part of how I can feel fully alive. And when I don't have that, I feel like something is missing in my life. And so, you know, it's, it's that real piece of just knowing these different aspects of self and being able to dance in and out with that and, mm -hmm. um, and really be in that we field of consciousness mm -hmm. and having our hearts connect in this vast tapestry, you know, and awakening all aspects of self in that way. Mm. Woo, you just said a lot. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I think is really powerful about what you just shared is this understanding. And, and, and I think that there's still, you know, I have, I, I'll, I'll put a little story in here about what's, what's been going on in my own life. You know, I have a, a lot of mums in my life who are, you know, with teenage kids or into their twenties, mid twenties, you know, this Gen Z um, population who are in this real deep experimentation. You know, every adolescent generation is gifted with a certain <laughs> challenge, right? To break the the structures that have come before. And the ones that are around right now are really playing in this realm of the the understanding of fluidity of gender or fluidity of identification or non-binary. And I had a conversation with somebody the other day who was like, well, you know, my daughter is now a they, and they are now, you know, that was one week and now they were like, well, now they've progressed and they're now a he, you know, and, and we were having this conversation about, well, what does that really mean in terms of how we're breaking apart the non-binary into something that is um, this, this idea of not just fluidity, but of being more truthful about who we actually are as human beings. 
And this is what I'm really interested in, is the more integrity that it has. Because in my experience, as someone who didn't have this language growing up, I was either meant to be a boy or a girl, right? Those were my two choices. Now, I was raised, and I've shared this story before, by a dad and a brother. And I was raised as a boy, because I was around all men doing boy things the whole time. So my boyness got elevated or got highlighted within myself. Now that was intrinsic to me. It was already within me, but it was given that opportunity to express itself. And so I became what was a term back then that we used, which is now no longer a term that would ever be used, but a tomboy, right? What is a tomboy? A tomboy really is a girl that is also a boy, And what I learned about myself really early on was that I was both, that I wanted to be both, that I was in my essence both, but there was not an opportunity for me to be both. I had to make a choice. So when I was about 13 or 14, I made a choice to be a girl because it was just going to be easier on me basically. I would, and, and I wanted that expression, but in, a, in order to have that expression as a girl, I had to give up the boy expression. Mm-hmm. There wasn't room for both, right? In my world, there just wasn't. And I grew up through that confusion, as I think many, many of us did, being told that we could only be one or the other when we knew deep down inside that I was kind of sitting right in the middle, that I would describe myself as being one who is right in the middle between if you're going to say, you know, where are you on that scale? I'm in the middle. <laughs> I'm equally girl and equally boy. That's just how I experience myself. And I think one of the things that's so fascinating, and I'd love to hear for you from your journey, is the power, the liberation, the truth that all of us are on a scale somewhere. Mm-hmm. That, that, that we're not, it's not... Um, either or, that we're all shades of, of what you would call shamelessly sparkling in different shades of our expression of masculine and feminine energy. And I think the conflation between masculine and feminine energy and male and female has gotten us really confused. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to say about that from your own experience? Because I think that this is something we're really being tasked with working out right now in the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing your story as well. I mean, for me, you know, we're always constantly as, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience needing to dance back and forth between mm-hmm. these divine masculine and divine feminine energies within us, right. because there's these qualities of the masculine energies of giving a focus of intention of that forward momentum of manifestation of really making things happen. And then, you know, these more feminine qualities of receiving and mm-hmm. flow and opening and surrender and trust. And so really we're always in this and, you know, bringing it to the conversation of sexuality is is really asking like, oh, is there a part of you that wants to be in that dance with your sexual energies as well? You know, and then then it can go into many other, like, and then in terms of how you want to identify in your gender, like really looking at and understanding we have these energies within us, we all do. And really honestly looking at how they want to be expressed in you from your authentic truth, not based on what society is telling you should do and how you should behave and, you know, that you need to be heteronormative and it needs to look like this and X, Y, and Z. Because when we really start to unpack it and get to the root core of our own erotic life force, Shakti energies, and we free those fully, 
they want to move in all sorts of directions. And it's for us to really listen and feel into, okay, where am I going to channel this energy? Where does this energy want to go? So for me, if, if it's okay to be a little bit graphic here, is it okay to be a little graphic? Yes, please do. Please do. <laughs> so for me personally, one of the ways I love to inhabit my divine masculine energies sexually is I have a spirit cock. I have a light wand that I like to bring forward and utilize. And when I have that and in my embodiment, mm-hmm. I'm very much in a different erotic primal power than I am when I'm in my feminine. And when I'm receiving, for instance, someone else's spirit cock or, you know, whatever that might be. And so, and that for me is very enlivening. It's very exciting. It's mm-hmm. very, you know, it's a turn on to bring that forward. And when I don't get to turn that on, it feels like a part of me is missing because mm-hmm. it's not getting that expression. And it's very similar. Say you're working on a project and you're always just in the creative phase of receiving and opening and allowing the down downloads to come through, but then you're never taking action to move forward on that. You're never actually putting together, you know, you're not bringing the creation into form and manifestation. So it's that idea too. It, it can express in many different ways. And so I think part of it is really unpacking all of the BS we've been sold from society and really starting from a place of what do I want? What do I desire? What brings me alive? What really turns me on? Because even though I've always identified as queer, I ended up in a marriage for a decade with a heterosexual cisgendered male bodied person. And it's because I had taken on shadow messages from society. And I love love, love, love this individual. We are best friends, soulmates, all of these things. And I had taken on shadow messages from my family, from my lineage that said, you are not worthy and lovable without a man. You are not capable of taking care of yourself on the 3D without a man. And I, even though I didn't think I internalized those on some deep level, I did. And in shadow work, discovered them and literally vomited them up out of my body and realized like, holy shit. (laughs) And then it was in Egypt with Sekhmet where it was very much catalyzed for me that I, that I had to step into and own my full sexual power. And a part of that was owning my queerness and that I needed to start the separation process for that marriage to be in integrity, to live into my destiny, to be in my fullness and to call in my, my, my true beloved, who I know is female bodied in this lifetime. And I don't know how they identify in their gender or sexually, but I know that at their core, they have a female body. And so, you know, it's just really, um, yeah, it's been a big process of unpacking to get back to my authentic desire, my authentic truth. And that's the case with all aspects of life, but with sexuality, it is so, sticky with religion. And, you know, there's so many different pieces that come in that have tried to oppress this power, especially in female bodied people, because it is our most potent force when we are tapped into that Shakti orgasmic life force energy. It is our most potent medicine. And that's why they've tried to squash it. Oh, let's just feel the power of that. I thank you, sweetheart, for sharing your journey so candidly and 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 just opening into that place. I, I just really, really feel the power, right, of each one of us being willing to unpack 
the internalized oppressions, the the ways in which we have made ourselves bad and wrong for yeah. for for our desires, for who we love, for how we love, for all of the expressions of the the beauty of who we are, and this. Um, this emergence that we're in, the, for me, the red women revolution, literally this arising of the Magdalene consciousness, the arising of the divine feminine roaring through us, many of us, <clears throat> particularly those of us who, um, you know, find ourselves to be more the edge walkers, right? Then we are the ones who are really here. And I say we, by that I mean all of you, all of us who are identifying as those who are carrying the torch of the Red Women, of the Magdalene, are here to explode apart, to, to open ourselves, our hearts and our bodies to the truth of who we are. Mm. And that truth of who we are is multifaceted. Faceted. You know, she goes by 10,000 names. We all hold different frequencies. We are all intended to be in different frequencies, you know, and your expression, and I just want to say this aloud, your expression of your truth, your wildness, your um, authenticity in your heart, in your body, in your sexuality, in your eros is as individual as a snowflake. We are no one of us the same. We may fall into groupings and find others who are like us, but no one is exactly like you. That is the truth of the diversity that we live in, in Mother's Garden. And for me, Lainey, this, this exploration that you, you're naming and that I, I have been on in my own way, in my own life, right, of, of finding how I could, you know, I mean, hell for me, it was, I had to move away from England. <laughs> I had to leave the UK 26 years ago now and, and seek out a new environment because I could not express who I was in that culture. I could not, the constraints and tradition and heaviness on so many different levels was constraining the meanness of me. I couldn't find a way to express. And it took me emigrating to a new country and placing myself in California and placing myself in San Francisco, <laughs> which all of you will probably know is the mecca of queerness, right? <laughs> In order for me to be surrounded by others that were modeling and showing me the potential of other ways of being. Mm -hmm. We have to have others who are showing us what is possible. We have to find that reflection because otherwise we, we, we feel like our difference and what you were speaking about even in your marriage, right? Here you are as somebody who has this radical edge walking, you know, heart of who you are. And yet how, where you found yourself due to family, religious, you know, cultural pressure was conforming to something that wasn't allowing you or wasn't giving you the the width of expression of who you actually are yeah and that's you know so I think we all are on those journeys and I really just want to honor you Lainey so let's talk about this oracle deck that's gotten birth this queer oracle deck <laughs> that you've been working on and that you've been birthing Lainey is the most incredible artist and I really encourage you to check her work out um, it is evocative and powerful and potent and transmutational by nature and um, I want to hear about what inspired you to make this oracle deck and what the vehicle of the deck is all about um, 
in terms of this, this invitation for us to step into sparkling shamelessly who we are in the world, like how this deck serves our consciousness in that way. So I'd love to hear a little bit about the story of that. Mm, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much um, for asking and for all that you shared and just really resonating with all of that. And the one thing I can say just to catch on to that last piece too, is that for me, such a big part of me owning my fullness has been the longstanding support of my queer community. And, you know, these are relationships that, and of course, also my sisterhood communities as well, where there's that mirroring, but the queer community has really always been there in such deep support to us owning our fullness. And so that's just another piece that I wanted to share about that. And, you know, in a lot of ways, that is the journey of the Oracle deck as well. It is about the journey of owning the fullness of who I am and my unique medicine and supporting others in doing the same and really bringing that forward without hesitation. And, you know, I'm continuously asking in my own ecstatic embodied leadership journey, how I'm meant to serve in this moment, in this moment. And, you know, as the world is changing so rapidly, that's often and changing, but really showing up how am I meant to serve an ecstatic devotion to spirit and the greater good of all beings now. Use my hands, use my feet, use my voice, use my gifts. And, you know, I've always been somewhat obsessed with catalyzing <laughs> personal and planetary transformation. It's my greatest passion. And so basically I, I was guided to birth a baby, which is this, you know, sacred revolution oracle, which is a transformer, which is a catalyst. And, you know, with the state of our world, I knew that I had to show up and own my full medicinal power and offer that to the ecosystem at this time. And, you know, that ties in with the rest of the conversation as well, because it's, you know, it's not, it hasn't been easy to own the fullness of, of how I've been asked to show up because yeah. it is such, it is walking so many edges in a lot of ways. And so, you know, for me, I really believe that our lives are our canvas and it's our responsibility to make them a masterpiece for the good of all. And that we're each here to do something that matters. And that divine legacy that we have, we're co-creating each day with the universe, all in service to this great cosmic masterpiece, which is us offering our unique medicine and nourishment to the ecosystem so that we can all thrive. And really when I tuned in, the deck is what came forward. Like this is what the, this is the medicine that the world needed at this time. And I know it's very much for these, these catalytic um, times that we're in this turning of the ages, this deep time of, of ascending into galactic Gaia unity consciousness. And so for me, when I leave this earth, I want to, I want us all to be able to say and know deep in our bones that we really lived fully, you know, and the number one deathbed regret is I'd wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And so this deck helps you to tune into your own unique imprint of the divine and to reach your peak human revolutionary potential in this lifetime and really to embody that fully. And the deck is here to give you permission to be unapologetically who you are and share that medicine to meet the world's deep needs now. And so, you know, she is an alchemical container of transformation. And I say she, she's also she and they pronouns like me, but, you know, it's really an alchemical container of transformation. And it's also very unique. It's the first of its kind because each of the cards comes with an ecstatic embodiment practice in our ecstatic embodied leadership, Academy interactive portal. And you can actually embody 
embody the energies of each of these cards through ritual, through ceremony, through guided shamanic journeys and visualizations. Um, and it's this opportunity to really go all the way in with the transformation. Like you can really completely transform and rebirth your life with this journey if you want, because it is a multidimensional portal of healing and remembrance that is filled with these sacred and holy transmissions that have this deep magic, that have mythic mystery, that have light codes, ancient wisdom. And, you know, the shamanic healing art pieces, a lot of them, they're all mixed media, collage, painting, crystals. Some of them have up to 80 layers. I anoint oh, the canvases wow. with holy oils. There's intentions, there's prayers. They, you know, they're really poured over and then they've been condensed down into these circular medicine pills so that you can get a dose. It's like the homeopathic dose <laughs> of medicine because they were very much process pieces for my own sort of rewilding root healing journey and homecoming journey of really, you know, calling all parts of myself back home and soul retrieval and returning to the body and the earth and the web of all life. And so that's all really inscribed in these um, shamanic archetypal cosmic transmissions to really support your own personal awakening. And so, you know, and the fact that it's a queer deck, it's really because it's coming from my unique perspective as a queer femme. And so, you know, there's definitely a lot of energy in the deck where, you know, it, it is tuning in around female bodied energies, but it's opening for them to, to really be, um, to really be anchored in by any, any body quite literally. Um, and that it really, you know, busts the non-binary in that. And also if there's any cards in the deck that don't resonate, you can just take them out because you're developing your own relationship with this, with this energy here. And, you know, divination is such a powerful tool of communication with higher consciousness and guidance at this time of, you know, a lot of deep insanity in our world, deep, yeah. deep, greed, lunacy, insanity, you know, and levels of, of suffering that are becoming somewhat insurmountable. So it's really a tool to support you in your revolutionary journey to stepping into your fullness here now and really rebirthing yourself into the fullness of who you're here to be so that you can sparkle shamelessly. And that, you know, that is the, yeah. Anyways, yes. <laughs> so I have a game I want to play, if that's okay, my love. Would okay. you be willing to pull us a card for this moment, for all of us who are here tuning in to the Red Podcast around how we're being called to more shamelessly sparkle our essence, our queerness, our eccentricity, our individuality into the world. I'd love to see what we might receive as a collective reading. Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I would be so happy to bring that forward. Oh, what a good game to play. <laughs> All right, so let's see who wants to come forward here. Okay, I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've had it right here ready and waiting. Woo! Oh, okay, okay. So who do the card have? that came through is card 48 it's ignite your revolutionary potential Ooh. and i'd love to actually read the channeled message oh please do yes yes let and us you'll get a it. sense of the image as well as i read the card all right i am the one who is mighty who is reaching for the stars like the bursting evolutionary impulse of life that wants to actualize 
I'm the one who is rising and soaring and blossoming into the fullness of my potential here now. Like a volcano erupting, I bring my full light and essence into the world, paving new pathways, creating new lands. I dance joyfully and ferociously on the ashes of the old paradigm to help carve the way for a sparkling, radiant metamorphosis into the new paradigm before us. I shed and let go of all that no longer serves me with ease, and I move forward in ecstatic devotion to the heart of what matters most. I am a channel for the cosmic energies and light codes, light codes needed on Earth at this time. I am a key holder and a decoder of ancient wisdom inscribed in my bones and muscle and sinew. I am flooded with the joy and bliss of my own aliveness. I am an ecstatic embodied leader playing full out, no longer hiding, no longer playing small. I am stepping into the fullness of who I am here to be, living life as prayer, rooted in deep meaning and purpose moving towards what brings me alive each day, walking as love, the love of the radiant rose unfurling, leaving a trail of its scent everywhere that it goes. I am holographic, multidimensional, and all-encompassing. I am the one who lives into the fullness of my capacities here now, sucking the marrow out of life and each moment. I am on a quest for truth, deeply committed to transformation, healing, and sharing that truth wherever I go. I am here now playing full out and living into my wild aliveness. You! My goodness. Part, part of the divinatory meaning is be unapologetically unique. The world needs oh. more originality, authenticity, and the raw truth of who you are. Oh my goodness. How juicy is that? What a great message for us all to get here on the Red Podcast to be unapologetically unique. I just love that. That's exactly it. You know, I am here in service to that awakening. I am in service to the full expression of my own being and you stepping into yours because this is what I know for sure. What I know for sure is that when you free yourself, and Lainey, I know you know this is true, when you free yourself and you begin to step into the authenticity of who you are and what you've really come here to embody, you become a catalyst for others to do the same just by being you. That's it. There's nothing else that has to happen. And that's a lot, I know, because most of us have been conditioned to not be who we are. <laughs> so there's a lot of unconditioning to do in order to arrive at that authenticity. But that's what the gift is. You are a gift. Your presence is a gift. Who you are is a gift. And Lainey, I want to thank you for the power of your presence. And before we go and complete our assignment for today from the goddess, <laughs> I have a Three questions that I'm going to ask you because I ask everybody these same three questions and they come from Red. And Red wants to know, R-E-D is an acronym. What does it stand for? Mm. <laughs> okay, let's see. This is an interesting. Well, based on what we talked about today, I'm going to just go with what's coming in this moment. So raw 
erotic desire. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Raw erotic desire. And I say this every week, but it's going to happen sometime, sometime soon. So watch out for it. I am going to make a spoken word piece from all of the anacronyms that I've been given from all the different red podcasts. And it's going to be one hell of a piece. I'm going to tell you that much. <laughs> Raw erotic desire. Okay, next question that I have for you, my darling. And these these are fascinating because this is, this is really coming from Red, not from me. And she says, what do you avoid but secretly yearn to express, Lainey? If there's anything left. <laughs> hmm, will you say the question one more time? Yeah. What do you avoid but secretly yearn to express? Mm. You know, it's interesting because it really does feel like shameless sparkle. I mean, that is my deep mission to really co-create a constellation of millions of star beings that are sparkling shamelessly for the good of all. It is one of my deepest challenges. It's like, you know, we teach what we most need to learn. So it's like that, that piece, it's such an edge for me to be in that space of being fully lit up and turned on and blazing true and being able to come back to that and return to that again and again and again, no matter how wild spirit is calling me to, because the edges keep getting wilder. And I'm like, what, what do you want me to identify now? A Yoni serpent fire priestess. Um, okay. Wait, what now? The galactic rainbow shamanist and sex magician. Um, I'm not sure about that. It's like, <laughs> I keep getting pushed to these edges and, and it's just continually showing up and saying, okay, I say, yes, I say, yes, I say, yes. Oh, I bow to your yes, sister. I bow to it. So the final red question is Lainey Love Dolby. What is the most revealing thing about you that you still hide? Hmm. The most revealing thing about me. Well, we're just going to go all in here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she's asking. (laughs) I love women. Mm. I especially love queer women. And I feel that the Yoni temple gates are the holiest place in the universe. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like really saying that publicly and owning that and owning my yoni centric life, like that is my next evolutionary edge. And I feel so ready. But also, you know, it's like when I know it's really calling in my true beloved as part of this, it's like that, that really is, is the thing, the yoni gates. I just, I so deeply honor and revere the yoni temple gates and mm-hmm. They are the holiest place in the universe. And that goes for all of us, you know, that identify with having a yoni and just really, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Wow. I really witnessed you in stepping onto your edge to name that for yourself, even though you are, you know, so for out there with your wildness and you're shamelessly sparkling. I know that it takes courage and that it's not easy to own all these pieces of self and to actually step into them fully and to embody them. I know that. I really, really respect you for um, being willing to go to the edge and then some. Mm. 
Thank you, sister. Same, same. I see you. I honor you. I love and adore you and feel that kindred spirit. And you are such an inspiration and a mirror. And I'm deeply grateful that you exist in your unique expression and that you bring that radiant scent of the rose unfurling forward in all of your wild splendor, too. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Red Sister. So you can find out all about Lainey Love, the Oracle cards, her amazing art, her shamelessly sparkling sisterhood of beings um, at, on the information on the page. And I really, really encourage you to check her out. Um, check out her artwork. It's amazing. Anyway, my darling, thank you for your time today. Thank you for your candidness. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for the journey. Thank you for being you and unique as you are. And for all of us here at The Red Podcast, I will be back with the next episode very shortly. Stay tuned. Love you. Love you. Bye. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As red women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings.